Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. If you're a parent in this room, raise your hand if you're a parent. Parents, parents, if you're a parent in this room, uh, how many know, and put your hand back up, if you've ever underestimated your children? You've ever underestimated your children? Yes, right? And here's the thing. Our children can do crazy things like, how'd you get out of that? How did you break into that? How did you get into my secret stash of cookies? You know, like, how did you find that? How did you get that? How did that occur? What, why are you thinking that? Now my child's reading. He's learning to read. He can read really well. There's things I need to hide now, all right? You cannot read that text message, you know? We underestimate our children. But I'm here to tell you, God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has sons. He only has daughters. I want to encourage you today that you underestimate you that we underestimate us, that we need to stop underestimating what God can do in our life, how God can use us, and what he can put through us. And so we're at the end of a school year. Uh, Next weekend is Memorial Weekend. We have a great service planned for you. Then we're jumping into a series called Road Trip. And Road Trip is going to be a summer-long series where we're going to dive into our Bibles. We're going to dive into what faith is in Christ. We're going to dive into the story of Abraham. So I got to tell you, you got to come. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very similar in in marketing to like mixtape. And so I want you to come to Road Trip because we have different sermon titles in, in regards to our faith. Like, God, am I there yet? Are we there yet? How many love that in the car trip? Like, we get there when we get there, you know? And uh, our, our, in, you know, in, in, in our relationship with Christ where God is our Heavenly Father. And so I got a sermon title called, Don't Make Me Go Back There, you know, or Don't Make Me Turn That Car Around as we begin to grow in our journey with Christ. So I got to tell you, come here, be here uh, over the summer at Avenue Church. Raise your hand if you're excited, but you are a teacher in this house. Raise your hand if you're a teacher and you teach children. Raise your hand. We got some people. Can we clap for our teachers today? Man, they're excited. Parents, are you excited your kids are almost out of school? There's some messed up ones in here. We love you. We love you. And so we're going to get the addresses of the teachers, and we're all going to kiss their kids to your house for the summer. You guys think of that, right? But man, we're excited. Summer's coming up. I want us today, before summer, before we start to go on our vacations and things like that, as we begin to refresh ourselves this summer, I want us to be able to reflect today. So can we take a moment and just reflect on our lives and what God is doing in us? And so I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I want you to use a pen and paper, use your iPhone, get a Facebook check-in, use a Facebook post, tweet this thing, Snapchat away. All right, Snapchat. All right, I want you to put this in your notes. I want you to write this down. The title of my message today is Four Life-Changing Questions. Four life changing questions. I'm going to ask you some questions that I believe that could change your life. That I believe that could change your life. And so these are questions I didn't make up, all right? These are not questions of, uh, you know, is it Yanni or Laura? No, these are not questions, but these are questions we can find in God's Word. And so if you got a Bible with yourself today, you could t- yeah, take out your Bibles, or we can give you some free Bibles off to the side. You can feel free to help yourself. Grab those. Also, get your Uversion app out on your cell phones. Get your iPhones out. If you have a Samsung or an Android, we love you. We love you. We love you. And so make sure that you're going to follow along on the screens. And so give me some feedback today. Are you there? Are you there? Get your Bibles out. And so go to Judges chapter 3. Judges 
chapter 3. That's in, the, that's in the first part of your Bible, and you can be able to see Judges chapter 3, and we're going to jump right into that. Now before, as you're turning there, I need to set up the story. Here's what's going on. I'm going to give you spark notes because school's almost over. But here's what's going on is Israel is God's people. Israel represents you and I. And so Israel's in a place in the, in the promised land where they're growing comfortable. And every time they grow comfortable, they begin to do evil in the sight of the Lord. In, your, in their comfort, they're sinning. And so when they sin, they get ourselves in trouble. And then God sends a judge. He sends a deliverer. And so God comes in like a good father. And he's like, okay, let's not do that. Let me rescue you. And let me get you back to normal. And things are good. And then things will be good for a while. Then they get comfortable. And then they would do some evil on the side of the, of the, of the, of the eyes, of the Lord's eyes. They would sin. And then God, they, they would get in trouble. And then God would raise in a judge or a deliverer. And he would help them. Every time Israel got comfortable, they sinned. Every time we get comfortable, we lead to compromise. Every time we get comfortable, we tend to compromise. Look at Samson and Delilah. Samson was in the, in the presence of Delilah, and her task was to be able to capture him, but he had strength. And so all she had to do was get him comfortable. And in, in, in his comfort, he compromised, and all of a sudden he was taken away. You look at all the different areas in the Bible, and I'm preaching good this morning. You're like, man, this guy, this brother's only like three minutes in, and he's preaching some good stuff today. Why? Because God doesn't care about your comfort. He cares about your destiny. Comfort and destiny sometimes do not go well together. God say, I'm going to use you for my praise and my glory, and we go only if it's comfortable. We got to be careful in that comfort. I've had lots of conversations where we say, hey, was it easy starting a church? It was so comfortable starting this church. It was so easy. Somebody just gave me $200,000 and 400 people showed up. It was so easy. You should do it, right? It's not. That anytime we step out and do what God calls us to do, it gets uncomfortable. But James chapter 1 tells us, it consider it pure joy. That's one of the values of our A-team, is we choose joy. Joy is a choice that we make. But in James chapter 1, it says this, consider it pure joy whether you face trials of many kinds. Whether you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. What does that mean? When trouble comes our way, we say, I have some perseverance. I know what it's like to be uncomfortable, but in my discomfort, I watch God take me through it to a better place. So we got to get a little uncomfortable as I begin to ask these questions. So here's a nation. This nation gets comfortable, then they get in trouble. So in our comfort, we get in trouble. So Judges chapter 3, verse 12. Once again, I love this. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord gave King Eglon, say Eglon. Eglon, roll out. Ready? One, two, three. Eglon. King Eglon of Moab, this is a bad king, not a good king, controlled over Israel because of their evil. Because of their evil. Verse 14, and the Israelites served Eglon of Moab for eight years. 18 years. I don't know about you, but maybe you got somebody in your house. They've been there for 18 years. It's time to go in Jesus' name. 18 years. If you're 18 years old, I don't know what they're laughing at. I don't know. 
Again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and he gave them a deliverer. I want you to check that out. That, that, that God's people cried out to the Lord, and he gave them a deliverer. I'm here to tell you, a little segue. If you're crying out to God, he will soon help. If you're crying out to God, if you'll humble ourselves, and we begin to pray, we begin to ask God, God, I need you in my life, he will send help. He will send a deliverer in Jesus' name. And it says this, he gave them a deliverer, Ehud, Ehud, a left-handed man. So I want you to turn your neighbor and say, Ehud, to this neighbor. Go ahead. Turn your other neighbor and say, a left-handed dude. So Ehud, the left-handed dude, was the son of Gera, a Benjamite. A Benjamite. A Benjamite. The, Israel's, the Israelites sent Ehud with a tribute or a gift to Eglon. Now Ehud had made a double-edged sword about a foot and a half long, and he strapped it to his right thigh. Ehud, the left-handed dude, was left-handed. He strapped his sword to his right thigh underneath his clothing. He presented the gift to Eglon, who was very fat. Who was very fat. If you're here at Avenue Church, welcome. Welcome to Avenue Church. He was very fat. He was a large man. And Ehud presented the gift. He sent on their way the men who had carried it. Then at the idol near Gilgal, he himself turned back and said, wait a minute. I have a secret message for you, O king. And the king said, quiet. And all his attendants left the king. Ehud approached him, so it's just Ehud and Eglon. He approached him while he's sitting alone in an upper room of his summer palace. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand. He drew the sword from his right thigh, and he plunged it into the king's belly. That's a good word right there, huh? If you're married, and, <laughs> I'm moving on. And so he plunged it right into his gut. Even the handle sank in after the blade, which came out his back. Ehud did not pull the sword out. He did not pull the sword out, and the fat closed in over it. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the doors, and he locked them. Then after he had gone, the servant came, found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the upper room. So they waited to the point of embarrassment. And verse 30 said this, And that day... And that day, Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80 years. God's people had peace for 80 years because someone stepped out. Someone said, I can do this. So I want you to write this question down. Four questions, four life-changing questions for you today. Write this num number one down. What bothers you? What bothers you? You know, there's some things that bother me, and I was just thinking about this this week. And you know what bothers me is when people drive in the rain. Anybody else here, or is that just, is that just me? Like, when it rains in Vegas, it's crazy. I just, I don't get mad. I don't get, I just go, that bothers me, what they're doing over there. That bothers me, all right? There's things that bother me. I want to ask you today, what bothers you? I believe Ehud, the left-handed dude, was bothered for 18 years. I believe he sat under this dictator, this evil king, and he said, enough is enough. I'm really 
bothered that we're giving in to this guy. I am bothered that nobody else will do anything about it. Many times when something bothers us, we'll begin to cry out and say, hey, somebody really needs to fix that. And God will speak to you and say, you're the one who's going to fix it. You're the one who's going to be the solution to that. So I'm going to ask you today, what bothers you? I believe that the things that bother you create a passion inside of you. God put it in you. And so I want to ask you today, what bothers you? God isn't bugging you for information. He's asking for transformation. He's saying something bothers you for a reason, that God is waiting for you to be so bothered that we do something about it. So I want to ask you today, though, what bothers you on a spiritual level? What bothers you on a spiritual level? You know, for me, it bothers me. And when I say bothered, it's not an angry thing. It's not, I'm so angry, but it bothers me. It breaks my heart that there are people living this life, living their life without knowing their purpose in Christ. There's people not living their life, not knowing who God is. Like, like I know church and I know religion, but I don't know who God is. It bothers me that 87% of Christians never experience freedom. Why? I don't know. I want to say, you know what? Let's get into a group. Let's begin to talk about it. You know, the Bible says that if we confess our sins to who? One another. God will set us free. And so can we do life with other people? But it bothers me that people aren't serving. It bothers me that God has placed a gift on the inside of you and that you can have purpose in your life. It bothers me. Can you tell? Can you tell it bothers me? But it bothers me that people are walking around dead and not living eternal life. It bothers me. It bothers me. I've got to tell you, the things that bother me are the things that God has placed in my heart that I'm going to commit my life to it because I want to honor God. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, uh, Pastor, my family bothers me. My family bothers me. Now, nobody move. Nobody. Don't be elbowing, all right? My family bothers me. Well, maybe it bothers you because you're the solution to it. I believe that God wants you to be the glue in your family, to hold that family together. And next thing you know, you're going to connect before you correct. And as you connect with your family, God's going to do a work in your heart and a work in your family's heart. Why? Because it bothers you. What bothers you on a spiritual level? Maybe there's that co-worker at your, at your work environment. You're thinking about them right now. And so when you go to work on Monday, you're like, I hope so-and-so is not here today because they bother me. I'm here to tell you, maybe you're the one that's going to witness to them. Maybe you're the one that's going to bring an invite, and they're going to come here to Avenue Church. They're going to get in the growth track. They're going to raise their hands for salvation. And all of a sudden, you're going to say, they don't bother me. I'm proud of them. The things that bother you, I believe, are a hint of your destiny, a hint of what God has placed on the inside of you. So number one, what bothers you? Number two, what is your gift? What is your gift? What is your gift? You know, growth track, step two, we go through a spiritual gifts assessment as well as a personality assessment. And every time we do it, it's amazing for people to go, uh-huh, yep. You know, it's like, this is correct. I like that. Or their, disc per, uh, personality, their, 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 uh, their personality profile, uh, spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends or brothers and sisters be like, they just laugh at the results going, this is you. This is hilarious. I want to ask you today, what is your gift? Because we take you deeper in growth track. I want to ask you today, what is your gift? 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 7 says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same God. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And I want you to read this. Don't, don't zoom out on me, but read this. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us, is given to each one of us so we can help each other. So we can help each other. I'm here to share with you today. It's fun. It's great to get a promotion at work. It is great to receive a raise. Can I get a shout this morning? Come on, somebody. Grab that raise. It's nice. It's great to be recognized verbally. It's great to be like, man, you're doing a killer job. You're amazing at that. But I got to tell you, you what's better than all those things, in my opinion, is when you go home at night and you say, you know what? I help other people because of the gift God placed on the inside of my heart. I made a difference. That was better than that raise. That was better than that promotion. Why? Because God is using something he placed on the inside of me. So what is your gift? What is your gift? I love this. You might say, what was Ehud's gift? What was his gift? Why are you preaching on gifts? And we just read this crazy story. Ehud's gift was that he was left-handed. He was left-handed. He didn't dance. He didn't sing. He didn't preach. He was left-handed. He was left-handed. That was his gift. I'm going to prove it to you today. If you say, you know what, I, I don't understand this. Why, like, why, why was that his gift? Because I believe God wants to show you today that there is no gift too small, no gift too silly that God will not use. So do me a favor today. I'm left-handed. So raise your hand if you're left-handed. Left-handed people, where you at? Left-handed people, right? Yeah, left-handed. We have a gift. <laughs> I remember going in school in elementary. I was learning to write. I grabbed a, a, a pencil with my left hand without even knowing it. I'm writing. And my teacher tells me, Jeremy, use your right hand. And I looked at her and I said, I am using the right hand. <laughs> and then I had to go in this little corner and, you know, put a hat on, you know. It was awesome. But I want you to catch this. The Bible said that his dad was a Benjamite. His dad, Ehud, the left-handed dude, his dad was a Benjamite. And a Benjamite meant son of the right hand. I want you to catch this. Ehud, he didn't even fit the label that was placed on him. You are the son of the right hand. And he's like, I, I'm left-handed. And theologians believe that his right hand was, was handicapped. Whether it was shriveled up, whether he couldn't use it, there was something wrong with his right hand. That is why he was left-handed. But I want you to understand, God said there's a gift right there. Somebody else might say that's a handicap. Somebody else might say, I'm going to write that off. But God said, I can use that gift. I can use Ehud, the left-handed dude. Because what happened was Ehud, he made a sword about a foot and a half, put it on his right thigh. And when he went to the palace guards of the evil king, he said, check me out. And they checked his left thigh because everyone was right-handed. So a right-handed person would put their sword on the left thigh. So they checked that and said, nothing is there. We could send him here because he's useless and he won't harm anybody. How many know if you have a gift in your life, you could do some serious damage to the enemy? You have a gift. I preached good this morning. That was good. I was away from my iPad. I got crazy. It was awesome. 
but he had a gift. I'm here to tell you that God has a reason and God has a plan. God's going to use you in every part of you. God's going to use your weakness. God's going to use your disability. God's going to use your handicap. God's going to use your faults. God's going to use your fears. Why? Because God made you on purpose and for a purpose for God's praise and God's glory. I'm here to tell you what we disqualify, God calls it a gift. God calls it a gift. That God is using the useless, excuse me, God, God is using the useless to change history. What's the Bible saying in the New Testament? Jesus went out to find unschooled individuals called the disciples. God wants to use every part of you today. No gift is too small. No gift is too great. That God wants to use you for his praise and his glory. So quit trying to fit in when God has called you to be an original, when God has called you to stand out. So three quick ways. This is kind of a whole other thing, but I want you to write this down. Three quick questions to help you identify your spiritual gift. So question number two is, number two is what is your gift? So I want you to write this down. What do I enjoy? I want you to take these questions home later on. What do I enjoy? What you enjoy doing is a hint about your gift. For me, I enjoy serving people. I enjoy connecting with people. I do not enjoy Excel and filing files. Anyone else out here? You enjoy it? You just got really excited? You heard Excel in church? Is that anybody? Is that anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I know you. I need you in my life. But what do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy doing? Number two, what do you do well? What do you do well? I'm here to tell you, everybody does something well. Everybody does something well. But hear me out. What you enjoy might not go with what you do well. I'm here to tell you that this morning because I'm your pastor and I love you, all right? What you, what you enjoy doing doesn't mean you can do it well. I enjoy singing. But I, don't, I don't do it very well. Every time I get up here, they're muting me in the back. I don't know what's going on here. Every Sunday, my wife says, stop singing. Come on, baby, I got a song in my heart. There's people on American Idol, they need to hear this message now. I know you enjoy it, but you don't do it very well. What do you do well? And the last one is, how does this serve others? How does this serve others? If you're in this room and you're a Christ follower, I want you to add on to this. How does this serve others in God's kingdom? In God's kingdom. That your gift has been given to you to serve others. We found that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a spiritual gift is given to each one of us, every single person in this room, so that we can help each other. I'm here to tell you today, today's not a recruit message, and you gotta, you know, nobody can leave here without signing up for growth track. I'm here to tell you today, today's a discover message. I want you to discover who you are, because sometimes we're in our comfort area, we're in our comfort zone, and for many of us, we're afraid to step out of that comfort. For many of us, we're afraid that our gift will be mocked, our gift will be belittled. We're afraid that we're not gifted. We're afraid that we don't have a gift that's just amazing. I'm here to tell you, there's something for everybody at Avenue Church. And so here's our question number three. We've got to keep going. Question number three, what opportunities are in front of me? Verse 17 
Ehud presented a gift to Eglon, who was a very fat man. He was a very large man. So if you're a theologian in this room, hold on just for a minute. But here, I'm going to translate this for everybody else today. Are you ready for this? That God is putting an opportunity in front of you that you cannot miss. It's a big opportunity. Some of you are like, okay, cool. But there are opportunities all around us that when you begin to ask these questions today, you don't have to look for opportunities because they're all around you. I want to encourage you, don't just look for opportunities at church. Don't just look for opportunities at Avenue, but outside this building. So I'm asking today, are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? And once you become willing, opportunities will find you. In the Bible, Moses wasn't looking for a burning bush, but that opportunity found him. In the Bible, David wasn't looking for a giant to kill that day. I'm going to wake up and kill a giant, cut his head off. No, the giant or the opportunity found him. So what opportunities are all around you? Then once you allow God to bother you, God will place opportunities in your path. At work, at home, at your church, opportunities will fall into your path. And question number four, as I close today, am I willing to take a risk? Am I willing to take a risk? Ehud, he reached with his left hand, and he drew the sword from his right thigh, and he plunged it into the king's belly. He plunged it into the king's belly. This is verse 22. Even the handle sank in after the blade, which came out his back. Ehud did not pull the sword out, and the fat closed in over it. The fat closed in over it. Welcome to Avenue Church. This is in God's Word. Last service, people are like, I know what you're talking about. But it closed in over it. He didn't even want his sword back. But another translation said, and in the ESV version said this, and the dung came out. Happy Child Dedication Sunday, right? Amen. And the dung came out. What does that mean for my life, Pastor Jeremy? Why is this in the Bible? Why do I need to know these details? It's almost lunchtime. It is lunchtime right now. Why do I need to know? He stabbed him and his sword escaped. He's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, dung comes out. Things come out of this king. Why do you tell you this? Why are you saying this? Because risks are messy. Risks are messy. Risks are messy. Some of you are in there and you're like, did you just really do that? Yes, I did. Risks are messy. And when we get out of our comfort zone and we take a risk, when we take a step, when we say, God, I'm going to do this for you, God. I'm going to operate in my gift. Maybe you're here today and you say, I don't know what my gift is. I want to encourage you, serve until your gift comes out. Because as you serve and say, I'll do anything, I'll greet over there. You know what? You're a really good greeter. I think you should be over here. Okay, I'm going to be in this department. Help other, have others discover your gift for you. Why? Because I believe it's messy. But can we embrace the mess? Can we allow God to do something in our life? Then listen to this. The king, the evil king, humiliated God's people for 18 years. Then in one day, God called Ehud to humiliate the enemy. But it was risky. It was risky. He had to take a step of faith. 
I believe in the Bible that we just read where he gives him a gift. All of a sudden he turns and he says, you know what? I have a word of the Lord for you. There's something I have to do. And here's my last point underneath that. Is are you willing to take a risk today? Is that risks reveal God. Risks reveal God. Even starting this church 15 months ago, many of us changed our schedules. Many of us changed our jobs. Many of us said, you know what? We're going to take a risk together. We're going to take a step together. It got a little messy. Got a little crazy. But you know what? Risks reveal God. And people can look at every Sunday and say, look what God is doing. Look what God is doing in the city of Las Vegas. Risks reveal God. That God just happened to have Ehud to be born left-handed. God just happened to have Ehud have a handicap in his right hand. God just happened to have Ehud to be bothered for 18 years. God just happened to orchestrate some things so that one man who took a risk revealed who God was and that others, hundreds and thousands, had peace for 80 years. When we step out, we're making a difference for many. Risk reveal God. And it says this in verse 28. It says, he said, follow me for the Lord has given our enemies into our hand. So they went down. They seed the fords of the Jordan against the Moabites and did not allow anyone to pass over. They killed at that time 10,000 of the bad guys. They were all strong. They were all able-bodied men, but no one escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel and the land had rest for 80 years. I'm here to tell you today, you want to punch the devil in the mouth? Serve. You want to make a difference in your family? Serve. You want to be able to see God do some great things in your life? Serve. Serve in any way you can. I want to challenge you today, not just joining our A-team. I want to challenge you today, when you go to work tomorrow, maybe there's somebody in your place and you say, you know what? I'm going to change my attitude. I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to hate my life. I'm going to serve my coworkers. I'm going to serve my boss. I'm going to go that extra mile. I'm going to begin to use my gift for God's praise and God's glory. Are you willing to take a risk to be used by God to change hundreds of lives? I was looking over this message this week. You know how sometimes we just gotta get busy and do what we gotta do it every single day. And as I began to read how Ehud, the left-handed dude, was useless, he wasn't a threat to the enemy. I was reminded of every single one of us, of our story. We feel like we have a deficit, we feel like we have a handicap, we feel like something's wrong with us. We feel like our past is too crazy, we feel like what we've done is too great. God's saying, I'm here to use every single person. I'm here, to, I'm here to use them to make a difference. See, it's not what I want from you. It's what I want for you in your life. 
I want you to begin to say, you know what? I'm tired of this comfortable life. I'm tired of, of trying to find happiness in this and happiness in that. I'm so tired of trying to mask or medicate. You know what I want to do? I want to take a step. I want to take a risk. And I want to say, God, use me. God, I am useless. God, my gift is tiny. It's small. But God, I have a willing heart. God, here am I. Send me for your praise and your glory that I believe that if we all just take a risk, if we all just take a step today. If you're here today and you feel like, you know what, I need to take a step. I need to take a step today. And maybe your step is salvation. Maybe that's your risk step that I want you to take today. Maybe it's raising your hand or filling out that connect card or texting our number. Say, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Will you help me in this journey? Maybe you're here today and it's time for you to get involved. So many times people can look at our church and go, oh, they got plenty of help. I'm here to tell you, we don't want to fill positions. We want to place your gift. We have room for you. We want you to serve the gift out of you. But I want you to take a risk. I want to ask you today, will you give Avenue Church one year? One year. If you've been from church to church, stay here for a year. Begin to see God do a work in your life. Give him your heart. Say, God, be Lord of my life. I'm no longer going to tear people down. I'm going to tear people up. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. So what bothers you today? What is your gift? What will you, are you willing to take a risk today? I have a friend of mine today. I want him to close us out in prayer. But I forgot to do this last service. Will you put up a number? If you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I am willing to take a step today. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to uh, give it a shot. I want you to text our number 702-727-8280. This goes directly to me. And I want you to type in Ehud. Ehud, the left-handed dude. But type Ehud to those numbers. We're going to leave this number up. But I want to give you any opportunity to jump in. Any opportunity to discover your gift, to discover who you are in Christ Jesus. No gift is too small. No gift is too great. God's going to do something in you. I'm going to call my friend Price Hopgood. Will you guys give it up for Price real quick today? Come on up here. This is my man right here. Come on, somebody. This is Nicole's daddy. And uh, Nicole's all right, huh? She's all right. She's beautiful. Oh, wow. All right. I agree with that. So Price, he's going to close us out in prayer today. And what I love about Price is he's been with us on this journey for over 15 months. He's been with us on the journey to intrasocials, all the craziness of starting this church. But he's got a gift. And his gift is he has a shepherding heart. He's a pastor. But also his gift is praying. And so I asked him today to give me a break, all right? He's, uh, he's going to give me a break from praying out this service today. But I want him to pray over us. I want him to pray over you today. And if you're here today, during this prayer, and you're saying, man, I need to accept Jesus Christ in my heart. Do it during his prayer. Do it during his prayer. Say, God, I receive you. God, forgive me of my sins. If you're here today and you feel like your past or what you've done or your gift is too small or too great, I want you to lay it before God and say, God, I'm going to take a risk today. And God, use me for your praise in your glory. Man, I love this church. I love Price. I love all of you guys today. But I want us to pray over today and then we can watch some hockey. We can watch some hockey. So go ahead, Price. God bless you. Let's stand on our feet as we go before the Lord. 
Father God, we thank you for what an awesome message we've heard today. A life-changing message, a message of taking a risk, taking a step of faith that will change our lives forever. Father God, I thank you for an encounter that will change our lives forever. Lord God, you're able to meet us right where we are. And so I thank you for life-giving message. Thank you for the Word of God that is alive. God is not dead. It's never been dead. You're not dead. You're the only God who is alive forevermore. And so we thank you for causing us to be born again. Lord God, that's the first step in the kingdom of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You are now born again. And we thank you for that. Lord God, help us to find freedom in you. There's no reason we cannot know you and have freedom. God, you said whoever knows you will be free indeed. So we thank you for freedom in you. Thank you that we're discovering our purpose. God, you called us to do something for you. We may not know what that is, but we're going to know today because you want us to know who you are and what you created us to do. God, you're not a God that fails us. So we give you praise, honor, and glory today that we take the first, the second, the third, and the fourth step today. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, make some noise. Amen.